0: glad that they're here and then you can be seated. All right, praise God. All right, you can be seated as they turn the lights up for us. Let's, uh, if you got your Bibles with you, let's open to 1 Corinthians the 14th chapter. 1 Corinthians the 14th chapter. And uh, We'll start with the first verse. Just want to look at this first verse right now. Notice what the Apostle Paul tells the church here in Corinth. First two words, he says, Pursue love. Pursue love. And then he says, And desire spiritual gifts. And thank God for the spiritual gifts. We're just so so thankful for those and and grateful for those. But before he says... Anything about spiritual gifts, he tells us that we need to pursue love. Pursue love. And that is really something that we as Christians should put first and foremost in our life is pursuing love. Remember, the Bible also says that God is love. And so when you're pursuing love, you're pursuing God. So to pursue love is to pursue God. And so, you know, as we go, I'll say more in future sessions about the spiritual gifts. But tonight, it just I just would like to center in on the pursuing love part. The pursuing love part. You know, we could never teach on that too much. We could never hear about that too much. And God tells us to pursue love. And remember, to pursue love is to what? Pursue. Pursue who? God. Because God is love. Okay, now, notice, if you would, so let's talk about pursuing love here tonight. Uh, let's go to Galatians chapter 5, in verse 22. And I want to look at this in the Amplified Bible. We'll read this in the Amplified Bible, and it should be in the Amplified up there on the screen. Uh, if you would, please. 1 uh, Corinthians, I'm sorry, that was the last scripture. Galatians 5, what did I say? Galatians five twenty-two and what bible version the amplified okay let's read a few verses here what are we talking about tonight pursuing love okay now notice right here but the fruit of the holy spirit the fruit of the holy spirit the work which he which his presence within accomplishes notice what his presence within us accomplishes first and foremost is what is what is what is love so somebody that repents of their sins and places their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, they get born again you know and the Holy Spirit begins to live in them at that point you understand that and then as a result of that new birth fruit is produced And what's the first fruit? We're going to read several of them here. I believe there's nine of them. But what's the first one that's mentioned in the list? What is it? It's love. It's love. The fruit of the Spirit, the first one is love. And we're supposed to be pursuing that. And really, this is an evidence that somebody is really saved. This is an evidence that somebody is really a Christian. This is an evidence that somebody is really born again and has the Holy Spirit living within them is that they have the fruit of love in their life, that they're pursuing love and they're walking in love and they're following after love. You know, that that is really more important than all of the spiritual gifts. And we're going to see this in just a little while that Paul is going to tell us distinctly from His Word that if you don't have love, the spiritual gifts are worthless. So we need to really center in on the fruit of the Spirit and the first one mentioned is love. See, I've watched a lot of Christians over the years and I've been guilty of this myself. We put such an emphasis on the gifts of the Spirit and thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know. But... Paul says himself, we'll see it in a minute, those are are no good if you don't first have what? Love. Love. So that's why we want to center in on that one here tonight. Now, while we're here, let's just read on. The fruit of the Spirit, the first one mentioned is love, and then joy, our gladness. See, that's another evidence that you're really a child of God, that you're really a Christian, is that you have joy about you and within you. The joy of the Lord. Remember, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, see? And then peace. Do you have peace about you? Patience. Uh Uh-oh, that's that's a good one to talk about. Patience. Uh, An even temper. An even temper. An even temper. Uh, See, you can find out if I'm really saved or not when Ray beats me at golf, you know. (laughs) Sometimes I lose my patience and and I want to throw golf clubs, but sometimes I want to throw them at Ray, but because I'm saved, I don't. I think about doing it, but I don't do it. Oh, you can have a little fun in church, can't you? And then kindness. That's another fruit. And then goodness, our benevolence. Goodness, our benevolence. And here at the end of the service, we want to pray for those in Haiti. And and uh, we need as a church, we'll let you know more on Sunday what we're going to do as a church to reach out to those people and, and help them down there where that earthquake was. We need to do something as a church for them. You agree with that? And so we'll let you know more on Sunday what we're going to do in, 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 along those lines. But you see, goodness or benevolence, that's a, another fruit of the Spirit. And then faithfulness. Now let's see if you remember what we've said about faithfulness over the years. We'll get back to love here. We're just cover these here real quick faithfulness is always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it with a good and a right attitude right and then gentleness gentleness meekness or humility gentleness self-control self-control or self-restraint you understand And what is that next word? Continence. Continence. Diane, what does that mean? You're smarter than me. You're able to control yourself. yourself. Okay. (laughs) Self-control. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, the Messiah, have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature, with its passions and appetites and desires, If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. See, we're talking this month about the Holy Spirit in the church. And the Bible says here, If we live by the Holy Spirit, let's also walk by the Holy Spirit. And what is the number one evidence that we're walking by the Holy Spirit? That we're walking in love. Now, if by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, walking in line, our conduct... Controlled by the Spirit. How many of you want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? Well, I sure do. I want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And again, you know, if we're being controlled by the Holy Spirit, will there be joy in our life? Certainly there will. Will there be gladness? Will there be peace? Will there be patience? Self-control, faithfulness, you see. All of these things. And then the Bible says, Let us not become vainglorious and self-conceited, competitive and challenging and provoking and irritating to one another. See, if we walk in love, we won't be irritating to one another. Now, you know everybody hasn't developed fully in the fruit of the Spirit, have they? How many in here you've ever... Had another Christian irritate you. Yeah. Well, see, that's your test then to walk in love. And prove that you've matured in these fruit. Let us not become vainglorious and self-conceited, competitive. See, that's something about me that the Holy Spirit has really had to work on over the years. You see, these, these fruit, if you really study it out, it's the Holy Spirit when He, when He causes the new birth, when we repent of our sins and place our faith in Jesus, we get born again, as I said, and these fruit are deposited within us, but you know, fruit grows, doesn't it? And how many of you, you know as well as I do, you've seen people, you know they were Christians, but their fruit, the love, the love, the fruit of love hadn't developed in them as it should. Is that right? And, and, uh, like competitiveness. See, I'm very competitive. You know, I'll, it doesn't matter what we're playing. If it's golf or tiddlywinks or old maid or whatever, I want to win. Even if I'm playing, you know, with my wife at home and we're just playing a simple game of gin rummy or whatever we're playing, you know, I want to beat her, you know. And I've had, and, and in the past, it's caused me some problems, you know. And so I've had to let the Holy Spirit do a work on me and not be so competitive. You know, you know, like when we go out and play sports, a lot of times I don't even have fun if I'm losing because I'm so competitive. And you know, the Holy Spirit really had to work on me is, is that, you know, uh, again, I like to win. How many likes to win? But you know what? What good is it if we win if we didn't have any fun? Huh? So the Holy Spirit's still working on me. And, uh, you know, uh, when, when I go out and I, I, if I'm bowling, you know, what difference does it make if I bowl a 120 or a 220? A hundred points, right? But <laughs> now you there are a little slow in math. You'll be all right. But, you know, this competitiveness, you know, let the Holy Spirit do a work on us and we won't be so competitive challenging and provoking and irritating to one another, envying and being jealous of one another, being jealous of one another. That's another evidence that that the fruit of the Spirit is growing within us, is that we're not jealous of one another and not jealous of what other people have. You know, when other people advance, we ought to be rejoicing with them, you know, and be glad that they're going up, you know. Is that right? But now let's get back. What, what have we said so far? We're supposed to pursue love. And what's the first fruit of the Spirit? Love. Love. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit more about love. Go to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 in the Amplified Bible. Remember a while ago when I said to you that Paul made the statement that the gifts of the Spirit are really irrelevant if you don't have love. Now... We're going to read where he says that here in the Amplified Bible. Now, are the gifts of the Holy Spirit important? Yes. Do we believe in the gifts around here? Yes. Do we flow in the gifts around here? Yes. But what's, what, what's more important than the gifts of the Spirit? Love. 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 And the fruit of the Spirit, Joyce Meyer said this years ago, and I agree with her. She said that the fruit of the Spirit are really more important than the gifts of the Spirit. Because if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, then God's not going to be able to use you accurately in the gifts of the Spirit, you see. I've watched a lot of Christians over the years that they, they didn't have the fruit of the Spirit developed in their life. They didn't have love, joy, peace, and all of that, patience. And they didn't have that developed. So then when, when they try to go over here and operate in the gifts of the Spirit, they were very inaccurate, you see. So let's put, let's put love at, at, at a high standard here and let's pursue love. And, and make that our goal, and then the gifts of the Spirit will just flow with those as the Spirit of God wills and, and moves. Are you okay with that? Now let's look at this here. First Corinthians 13 verse 1 in the Amplified Bible. If you don't have an Amplified, it's on the screen. Notice what the, what Paul says, the Apostle, speaking by the Holy Spirit here. He says, if I can speak, look at this, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, See, speaking with tongues, that's one of the gifts of the the Spirit. Did you ever notice there's nine gifts of the Spirit and there's also nine fruit of the Spirit? It's just this interesting point. But he says, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noising, a noisy gong or a what? A clanging symbol. So he said this. I'll just put it in my own words. He said, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even angels, but if I don't have love, God's love, that unconditional love, he said, I'm just a lot of just a lot of noise. Did you, did you, do you see that? And then he says, And if I have prophetic powers Prophetic powers. Well, you know, prophecy—that's one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can read that in First Corinthians, the twelfth chapter. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries, and possess all knowledge, and if I, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove uh, mountains. But have not love, God's love in me, I am what? I am nothing, a useless nobody. Isn't that, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? It's so important. Let's read that again. He says, and if I have the, if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understanding all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith, So that I can remove mountains, but have not love, that's God loves in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Boy, love's pretty important, isn't it? It's pretty important. It's very important. And then he says, and if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned... Or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain what? I gain nothing. So even if, if you give all that you have and, and all of that, but you have not love, you gain nothing. You can expect nothing in return. Love's is important, isn't it? Now you might be saying, well, what is, what, what is this love he's talking about? Well, let's, let's read here in these next verses. He's going to tell us what love is. And uh, I tell you what, it would be good to study these and read them almost every day. Uh, particularly, well, everybody, but married couples especially. This, this, this really helps marriages. Just reading about love. Now, let's read about what love is. And we're supposed to be pursuing this. Let's watch, watch this here. Verse 4. Love endures long, and is patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. There's a lot said right there. Verse 5. It is not conceited, arrogant and inflated with pride. It is not rude. It is not rude or unmannerly. Unmannerly. You know... Uh, people that walk in love have good manners. And uh, the Lord dealt with me. It's kind of humorous. Is it okay if I'm a little bit humorous? We'll give it a go here. But I remember Diane and I had just, we had uh, gotten married. I didn't do this before we got married. But after we got married, we went out and we had, uh, we went to a barbecue place and we had ribs. And uh, I had extra heavy barbecue sauce. And I'm sitting there, and I got barbecue sauce all over my hands and all over my face. And I just, I look like I'd had crashed into a barbecue sauce truck. And I remember looking over at her at one point, because I'm just there shoveling it in. And I look up at her once, and she had the most, it was just like, just a horrible look upon her face. I'll never just, just like, like how ghastly, it just was horrible, you know. And, and there just, and it was just as I was putting a rib in my mouth, and I looked at her, and she was going... <laughs> and, you know, it kind of hit me. I thought, you know, and then the Lord dealt with my heart about this, and really that, you know, that wasn't really walking in love because I, I didn't have any good manners, you know, horrible manners. You know, I had porky-to-pig manners there at the, at the table. <laughs> well, it's the truth. So the Lord had to work on me, and so now... Uh, I just don't order ribs. I just order something else. No, I... But, you know, like opening the door for your wife. That's something good to do, isn't it? You know, just having manners, you know, just good manners. Say, saying please, thank you, these kinds of things, you know. it. You know, just saying please to somebody goes a long way, doesn't it? Or thank you. See, I think these, are, you might say, well, that's just a little thing, you know. Really, it's not. Just saying please really goes a long way, or thank you. And and even to your wife, after you've been married 20 years, it still goes a long way, doesn't it? Just please, honey, would you please take out the trash, you know, or honey, would you please make me breakfast, or, you know. These are things that uh, I think we often overlook, and we shouldn't. So notice what the Bible says here. It, it, verse 5 love is not conceited arrogant inflated with pride it's not rude unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly love god's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way now now that one right there we ought to under, i mean all these are important but that one right there think about that love does not insist on its own rights or its own way See, somebody that's being influenced by the Holy Spirit and is walking with the Holy Spirit is not going to be someone that's always insisting that it has to be my way or the highway. You understand? You okay with that? Does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking. See, if you're walking in love, you're 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 not I mean, your your main motive is to how can you help somebody else? How can you help somebody else? You'll you'll prefer your brother before yourself. You'll put others before you. See? You know, somebody that a Christian that's really walking in love and you realize all Christians don't walk in love. How many's figured that out by now? Sad, isn't it? But they should. But if you're really walking in love, before you do anything, you're going to think, how is this going to affect the other guy? Before I make this decision or before I make this move, how is it going to affect my brother in Christ? How is it going to affect my sister in Christ? How is it going to affect the other guy, you see? Oh, if we just do that, things would be so much better. Notice it is not touchy. Touchy. Touchy, touchy, touchy. Anybody... Touchy in here, you know, just the littlest old thing, just hurts your feelings. and uh, This is one the Lord had to work on me on for a long time to not be so touchy. you know. And my wife will tell you, when we first got married, she'd just say the littlest old thing. And I'd just, oh, you know, she'd hurt my feelings and go on and, and get right down to it. She didn't mean anything by what she said, but I was just touchy. And there was little to nothing she could say to me without it setting me off. And so I've had to work on not being so touchy, you know. You know what I mean by that? Just, just, just the, the littlest old thing and she doesn't mean anything by it, but I get my, get offended, get my feelings hurt. Not be so touchy. Are fretful. Are resentful. Notice love takes no account of the evil done to it. Boy, that's a good one to underline right there. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Now think about that. This implies that something Wrong was done to you. Somebody did you wrong. How many, if you're like me, you've had people do you wrong over the years, you know? But you see, what does love do? What does love do? Love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Think about that. Yeah, but pastor, they did me wrong. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they did to me. What does love do? It takes no account of evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Now look at verse 6. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. Yeah, but you know, think about this. Somebody does you wrong and all of a sudden something bad happens to that person. And then we go, yeah, see, they finally got what they had coming. Now, is that walking in love? No, it isn't. Because love does not rejoice at injustice or unrighteousness. But rejoices when what? When right and truth prevail. And then, you see, when, when something good happens to somebody, love will rejoice. If you're walking in love, you'll rejoice and be glad that something good happened. I like it when people do well. How about you? How many you like it when people do well? I sure do. Now look at verse uh, 7. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Well, we ought to think about that, shouldn't we, all of us? It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Yes, somebody calls you on the phone and they say... They say, did you hear such and such about so and so? Well, if you're walking in love, what are you going to do? You're going to believe the best about that person they're talking bad about. Is that right? I've already seen people that they'd get a phone call from somebody and hear some kind of a negative report on somebody else and the person just immediately believes it without even checking it out to see if there's any truth to it. And a lot of times, the person that's given the negative report, they they're sharing that word with somebody second or third hand. Now, is that right? But yet, it, but yet, a person will hear that, and they'll if they're not walking in love, they'll just believe that bad that was said. But see, let's be above that. Let's walk in love, and if if a bad report comes on somebody, let us always do what the Bible says. Notice what the Bible says right here. Let's read it again. It says, love bears up under anything and everything. It's ever ready to what? Believe the best of every person. So if a negative report comes in on somebody, if you're walking in love, what are you going to do? You're going to believe the best. And then, you know, depending on what that report is, you may need to get in there and check out to see if there's any truth to what was told you. But, but, in, but in, you know, but what do you need to do? You need to believe the best. Is, is that correct? That's what the Bible says do. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Notice what else we know about love here. Its hopes are fadeless. See, as long as you're walking in love, you'll have hope. Because love, hopes are fadeless. Under what? Under, under, under what? Under, All circumstances. See, if you're walking in love, you can have hope in the midst of any circumstance that comes your way. Did you hear me? No matter what the circumstance, if you're walking in love, you can have hope, you see. Notice, love endures everything without weakening. See, somebody might say, well, how can I endure everything? Be a person of love. Be a person that pursues love. Be a person that walks in love. And then no matter what comes your way, no matter what the circumstances are, you're going to be able to bear up under that and you're going to be able to make it through to the other side. You okay with that? And then finally here, verse 8 says, Love never what? Never, never fails. How can you never fail in life? Be a person that pursues love. Be a person that walks in love. Be a person that believes the best about people. Be a person that wants to see others do well, you see. Be a person that is patient and and so on. And then you'll never fail. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As far as prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. See, there's going to be a day when prophecy... One of of those nine gifts of the Spirit will will be done away with. It hasn't been done away with yet, but there'll be a day when that will happen. But you know what? Love will, will go on throughout eternity. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. See, there'll be a time when tongues will cease. They haven't ceased yet, but there'll be a time when they will. But love will continue on. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Now, that's not talking about... If you study it out, that's not talking about knowledge of like, I know who my wife is or I know who Wes is. It's not talking about that kind of knowledge. It's talking about the gift of the word of knowledge. And there'll be a time, see, and as you study it, there'll be a time when the word of knowledge will be done away with. It hasn't been done away with now. It's still in operation now. But there'll be a day when it will pass away. But love will never pass away. Why won't it ever pass away? Because God is love. Did you get anything out of this tonight? So I just want to encourage you. Let's be people of love. Let's walk in love. Let's pursue love. Let's desire spiritual gifts. Certainly, certainly. But what should we do that's more important than desiring spiritual gifts? It's being a person that does what? Pursues love. Okay? Praise God. Glad you came tonight. Had a good time in the Word of God. Ushers, come if you would. We're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. And so, if you